Corey. Put your hands together for Pastor Jacob. Here he is. Gosh, New Year's Eve party. I was getting a coffee this week and the, the, I asked the young girl that was serving me, oh, you got plans for Christmas? And she's like, yeah, sort of a bit of that, but New Year's will be a bit bigger. And then she's like, I'm going down south. And she's like, oh, so what are you doing for New Year's? I was like, oh, gosh, at my age, we watch the sun go down and are in bed by about 10. Thank you, Jesus. Merry Christmas. I'm so thrilled to see so many new faces here. It's uh, always good to be in God's house, but I, this has to be my favourite service of the year. Our Christmas Eve service, hands down, is my favourite my favorite service um, for a whole bunch of reasons, but one of them is, is we get to celebrate Jesus. Now, the series we've been doing is, is uh, like normally come Christmas, we'll be thinking of a, cre- a creative Christmas a theme or a Christmas idea and different times we've preached me- like the different characters Mary and Joseph got a mention and uh, this 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 year we thought let's just stick to the main thing and we called the series Jesus and uh, this morning uh, the, sorry this afternoon this evening I wanted to speak uh, the series this message is called Jesus and we go to the slide a eh? the miracle in infant form this is called the miracle in infant form so I want to Start by reading Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, and then we're going to get into the message. So start at verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while that guy was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up uh, from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house uh, and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married with him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and a glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts uh, with the angels, uh, appeared with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Amazing story, right? What I want us to focus on and really catch here is the words of the angels. They said to the shepherds, Today, in the town of David... A saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. Verse 11. Today, the saviour has been born. 
That day, still wet behind the ears, was the saviour of the world. Problem with this saviour is, I don't know, eight pounds bouncing boy, whatever, like we don't get to read the specs. You know how when someone, you get the text message, oh, he was born, eight, eight, and they tell you centimetres now as well, 56 centimetres. I'm like, I don't know how long's a baby supposed to be. This is the one that's supposed to save the world. But he's pretty little. And like Mel shared when she was leading us in communion, it was a journey. And this journey actually started way before, nine months before Christmas morning or Christmas afternoon or whatever. Because again, they don't tell you the time. Normally you get, oh, at eight, 804, eight pounds. They don't even tell you pounds anymore. They tell you kilograms. And even though I'm a kilograms person, I don't understand what the kilograms mean when it comes to a baby. I know eight pounds is about normal. Ten pounds is super heavy. Six pounds is super little. And they talk in kilograms. I'm like, I don't know what kilograms means in pounds. We don't know any of these details. All we know, there was a baby. And this baby was supposed to save the world. Before, nine months before this day was not the start of this process. You know, the scripture actually says that before the foundation of the world, Jesus died. He was slain before the foundation of the world. In other places, right through scripture, there's prophecy saying that the Messiah is going to come. That there is a guy going to come and save the world. That God himself is going to come in human form and save the world. Right through scripture. There's 2,000 years of prophecy prior to that nine months. Prior to that day of prophecy. Of, the, where, of God speaking saying, hey, I'm going to do something amazing. Then a lot of us will know the story. An angel rocks up on this young girl and tells her that you're going to be pregnant. And she's like, how can I be pregnant? I'm not not even married yet. Because back then that meant different things. And and she's like, and his angel's like, you don't know, like and he tells her, but it doesn't mean anything anyway. And then she's pregnant, and there's this nine-month period. What started as a word two thousand years before had this miraculous event where gestation occurred. And there was a period where no one else could see what was happening, but Mary knew something was cooking inside. Pretty soon, other people could see as her belly started to pop out. Nine months later, everyone could see this little baby that was supposed to save the world. This baby couldn't tell you its name. Now, we, we will know the story. A lot of us will know it. This baby grew up, went through a lot of the stuff you and me go through, went through puberty. Imagine went through, you know, imagine Jesus' voice breaking. Just like weird things like that. Like, it happened to him. He would have had his nappy changed. All the stuff, because it says that everything that we went through, he went through. All the challenges that we faced, he faced. Until one day, about the age of 30, he steps into his ministry and started this three-year ministry where 
he actually gained influence. He actually gained some notoriety. And then at the end of that three-year, at the end of that three-year period, he was executed in what the government thought was their idea. What they didn't realise is that they had executed the plan that God had set in motion before the foundation of the world. And that's so great. But what I want us to really recognise is that at one point, that miracle, that life, that world changer, that one who executed, like that, that, uh, that, that delivered that world changing event, who released his power, was a baby. It was just a baby. And when we celebrate Christmas morning, we're celebrating possibility. We're celebrating prophetic destiny. We get to celebrate because we saw what happened. But the day it happened, it was tiny. It was an infant. There's this really cool story, one of my favorite stories, where there's this prophet called Elijah in the Bible. And he's in this point where he's, there's a big drought in the land. There hasn't been rain for three years. Crop, there's nothing growing. People are starving. It's just been really bad. A long and complicated story, but I'm stripping it right down just to, to the point I'm trying to make. Three years into this drought, God tells him, you speak to the king and tell him that rain is coming today. So this guy goes to the king and says, hey, king. I don't know if he said, hey, king. <laughs> Probably didn't. I wouldn't. Anyway, but he goes to the guy and he tells him that he's like, because he's a prophet. So they're a little bit weird. And they hear and see things we don't necessarily hear and see. But he goes to this king and he tells him, he says, I hear the sound of abundant rain. It's, rain is coming today. He tells the guy, hurry up, get home before you get wet. Problem is, is the sky is blue. It's just like a Perth morning, Perth summer morning, blue skies. But he had a word from God that says it's going to rain. He's proclaimed this word. Then he looks around for evidence of the rain. There is no evidence of the rain. He tells his mate, hey, go look up the hill. Go up the hill and look and look and look and look. Eventually, the guy comes back and says, hey, I can there's, the, the, oh, there's a cloud the size of a man's fist. So it's gone from a word to a cloud the size of a man's hand. Then the prophet's like, get ready for rain, boys. Everybody get home, get out of the rain. And then what that tiny cloud turned into this great storm and drenched the place and the, and the drought was over. And, and what we're seeing here is that there's a process where God speaks. There is a sort of an evidence, a confirmation, perhaps something recognisable, and then the breakthrough. So here we see Jesus was prophesied, the word came from God. Then there was a baby before there was the breakthrough. And can I tell you that God's the same with you and me? Do you know that there's this passage in Jeremiah chapter 9, 27. He's not speaking specifically to you and me. He's speaking to another group of people, but it really shows his heart towards you and me. And so we can take this, this, these words on board for ourselves as well. 
It says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God is saying, I've got something in motion for you. I have something set in place, structured, detailed, outlined, with directions, with a designated outcome for you. Problem with that is like, just like when Jesus, thousand years before he was born, was just words. Just like when the prophet had the word from God, I can hear, he could hear the rain. He could hear it, but he couldn't see it. We've got a promise like this and it's raining. We can hear it, but we're looking around. Where is it? Galatians in chapter 3, verse 14 says this. It's talking about God redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through, uh, through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. What this is saying is that there was somebody was promised something, and now you've got that same promise. So Jesus came to give you a promise that you would inherit a promise that he gave to some guy thousands of years ago. And let me tell you what this promise was. It says, You are heirs of the prophets and the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. What it's saying here is that there is an instruction for you that the world, all the families of the world are going to be blessed through you. You have something in you that is going to be a blessing to the families of the world. You have something in you that is supposed to echo through the families around you, the families you come into contact with, and perhaps families you'll never even see or meet. But that's in you. And at this point, it's just rain. We can just hear the rain. We can't see the evidence. And we're like, God. And for some of you, this is just like a crazy notion. But for some of you, you've had that sense your life was meant for more. You know that quiet thing, that frustration where there's got to be more than this. Surely there's more. Surely. That, that, that itch, that knowing, that is the sound of rain. That is the sound of rain. And as I'm speaking, some of you, are, it's, you're, you're, it's registering. You're like, yes, I know that. It's the sound of rain. And then in Galatians 3, it goes on and it says, uh, it says now that you belong to Christ, 3.29, it says, now that you belong to Christ, you are the true, true children of Abraham, you are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So what we're saying here is when we come into relationship with Christ, that rain that we hear turns into a cloud. Turns into a cloud, turns into something we can see. Turns, it's, it's not big. It's not something that we can like totally, we're walking in it, but it's there. And it's that step closer to your destiny. It's that step closer to walking in the reason you're created. Because Ephesians 2 chapter 10 says, this, uh, chapter 2 verse 10 says this, We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, I'm not sure who he is. <laughs> Sounds like a fun guy. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. It says, God created you 
with stuff you're supposed to do in mind. You've been created and designed specifically with tasks for you to accomplish, for jobs for you to do, for a destiny for you to fulfill. And how long has that destiny been in place for? Uh, Ephesians 1, 11 says this. It says, in him you were also chosen. Oh, sorry, uh, 1 verse 3 says this. Praise be to the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Before the creation of the world, before he put the world in motion, he knew you, he had a plan for your life, and in that plan, he had a destiny for you to fulfill. That knowing you have inside, that feeling that you were meant for more, that feeling you're supposed to do something significant, can I tell you that that is the sound of rain? That is the sound of rain. We've got some choices to make. We have choices to make. You don't have to cooperate with the sand of rain. You know, there was a preacher and he coined this amazing idea that the richest place in the world is not the gold fields. It's not the diamond mines. The richest place in the world is the graveyards. In these graveyards, he said, you've got books that were never written, symphonies that were never played, movies that were never made, inventions that were never made, cures that were never discovered. A lot of people don't cooperate with the rain. A lot of people hear the rain. They hear it and they know it. But they do nothing about it. Well, maybe they start, and like Melissa was saying earlier, starting's good. God loves it when you get started. Getting started is better than not getting started. But getting started is not getting the job done. Getting started is a baby being born. Can you imagine baby Jesus being born, going through his life, his dad was a chippy. He got on the tools at some point and took over and started doing what his dad was doing. Age of 30, he was you know, into his trade. Imagine when it comes time for him to answer the call. Imagine, yeah, nah. Pretty good where I am. On a, on a good wicket here. What happens? We never hear of this guy again. The amazing things he was supposed to accomplish never happen. 2,000 years later, we're not having some day where the world stops and celebrates his birth. But that sound of rain in you, you have a choice. You have a choice whether you answer it. There's this scripture, Ephesians in chapter 1, verse 11. 
says this. In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. What I'm saying here is this, you were chosen. God had a plan. He, had a, he predestined a plan for humanity. And you specifically were part of it. You were chosen. And what I'm going to challenge you with this morning, this afternoon, is will you answer the call? Will you answer the call? Will you be men and women, boys and girls who recognize that you're called to more and put your hand up and say, you know what? I'm going to answer the call. This starts the first thing we need to do to answer this call is let Jesus be our saviour. Remember, we started this whole message by saying, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. It means we actually need to come to the point where we recognise we need saving. Where we recognise, you know what? I'm someone who's gone my own way and I need God to step in. What I'm going to do is I'm going to lead this church in a prayer. And what that prayer is, it's, it's where we decide, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to let you be my saviour. And we're all going to pray. You don't have to, if you've never prayed this prayer, you've never made this decision before, what I want to encourage you to do is to join in with us. So I'm just going to invite everybody just to close their eyes and bow their head. Nobody looking around, please. This is a holy moment. I'm going to say a prayer and I want our whole church to join in repeating it. And if you've never prayed this prayer, what I'm asking of you, if you want to participate in this, is to pray it as well and to mean it with all of your heart. All right, guys, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, today I repent of my sins. I recognize I need a savior. From today, I choose to follow you. Help me to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Just with every head still bowed and every eye still closed, if you pray that prayer, you made the decision to become a follower of Christ. And if that's you, just with nobody looking around, I just would invite you just to pop your hand in the air just so I can see it because I would love to have a chat with you in a little while and pray with you. Just one moment longer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. We're going to pray, guys. I'm going to pray for, for us all here. For those that feel that call, know that God has 
designed there for something special, for something significant. I'm going to pray that today's the day. Today's the day you answer that call. For some of you, you started it a while back and things got hard, things got discouraging. COVID happened, problems happened, and you fell off the wagon, you fell off the course, but today's your day to get back on. I'm going to pray for us, and, and I just if, if that's you at the end of this prayer, I just want you to say amen. Lord, I just bless these guys, and I pray for those who have gotten discouraged, those who have been on course, those who have heard the sound of rain and who have answered it, Lord, and they've fallen off the path because of discouragement. Lord, I pray for those who have heard the sound of rain, Lord, and who have heard that, that call and have not known what to do with it or how to express it. Lord, that today would be the day that they call out to you and ask for direction. For those who have been asking, Lord God, that today would be the day they hear. Today would be the day they take their first step. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 2024 is going to be an amazing year. It's going to be an amazing year. It's going to be a year where you're seeing things come to pass that you've dreamt about this whole time. Where you're going to see first steps. You're, even going, to, you're going to see breakthrough in that area. It's going to be a time where that baby stops being a baby. Where it stops being just an infant in infant form. It's going to come to fruition. 2024 is, a, is going to be a significant year in your life and in the life of our church. I just feel God saying that so strongly. Hey, guys, we're just going to stand and we're going to sing one more carol.